ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASIO Security Insider podcast. And today we are talking about building a career in the security industry. And to help us with this discussion, we have three guests. We have George Chin, uh, a director of Secure Corp. We have Cody Ludby, who is a, a security consultant with Tactics. And we have Daniel Rosens, who is uh, now I'm going to get this wrong, Daniel, but you'll correct me. You are safety lead and security team leader for ACT and Victoria or correct me what what's the actual title it's a very long uh, elongated title just the way AECOM likes it John uh, it's associate director ICT and security team lead for New South Wales ACT <laughs> okay well I'm glad I don't have to print out your business cards <laughs> so to, to kick the conversation off I'm actually going to throw it to George Chin because George, you've come into the security industry through probably what is the more traditional uh, realm that most people would be familiar with. You you started life some years ago, probably seems like an entire lifetime ago now, as a guard and have managed to work your way through to some of the more senior roles, if not the most senior roles in the security industry. Can you you tell us a little bit about that journey? Well, the security industry traditionally did start uh, right at the workplace, so-called a security officer or a mobile patrol officer in uniform doing technical security work. That's, that's the vast majority of the people. And then, of course, you acquire skills or functionalities that make you more valuable in doing the job. And actually, that's, I suppose in these days, that skill gets to the level of tertiary education as the other gentlemen are, uh, which is a high level of skill. Um, some of the skills at functional level or technical level can be upscaled or replicated, but some are unique to their personal training or background or experience. And that is not easily uh, scalable or replicable easily. For example, if you're a very effective private investigator, it may be because you either have a knack for it or you spend 20 years as a police detective. That's not a skill that is easily uh, transmitted or translated by a large number of people. So they retain their expertise, much like security consultants. Um, and then from there, in terms of career within the security industry, you go into administration and then into management where you can organize a lot of functional skills and coordinated, coordinated them into an effective workforce, properly administered and operated and deliver the standard of services that's required. Then you can become a corporate leader. Indeed, I'm one of the fortunate ones. I started as a mobile patrol officer. I ended up as chairman of the company. Uh, and in between that, I was managing director of Chubb Australia and New Zealand and regional president for the whole of Chubb Asia. So that journey is an interesting one. I always look at two other aspects of the security career. One is, as I said, we talk about for a few minutes, which is functional administration, managerial, corporate leadership. There's a third one, which we may come back to talk with, and that is about entrepreneurial, people who own security businesses. That's a different kettle of fish. Yes. And now Cody, you and Daniel both chose to study security at university coming out of high school, which is a, up until recently been a, a fairly non-traditional path into the security industry. And it's something quite new to this space. Can you tell me a little bit about why you chose to study security coming out of high school? What was it that, because it, it's traditionally not something that most kids would come out of school and go, oh, I'm going to study security. 
Yes, uh, and to this day, I still get, oh, you, you studied security guarding at, at university? That's very interesting. Um, but but it, the reality was for, <laughs> for me in, uh, in high school, uh, I, I wanted to study something that, that would give me an insight into how the world worked. Uh, so I was looking at degrees like criminology and social sciences, um, but they weren't really in the area of practicality that I was after as well. Um, and a degree in security kind of came across, across my desk and, and it really piqued my interest because it does capture those softer psychology, criminology, social sciences type areas because we're dealing with human problems. Um, but it also blended the, the technical side, so things like computer systems and CCTV systems, um, how you manage risk in a space, um, working at, uh, at business level from an enterprise perspective or, or protecting people um, or other assets uh, in a structured way. And that really appealed to me. Um, little did I know there was a career in it at the time, I have to say, um, but I think there is some recognition uh, in the industry and also in the next cohort of people coming out into uh, university positions that security as a career is, is uh, respected um, and, and the tertiary pathway, uh, I think, and I hope will continue to expand because uh, it does really starting to see. Yeah. And so Daniel, let me just throw it to you for a second, because I mean, were you like Cody, when you entered university, did you have any idea what the final output or what the job might look like that you'd be going into at the other end? Or were you just thinking, this seems interesting, let's give this a try? Yeah, I think there was always that, you know, uh, interest um, to forge a career in security, because it was such a growth market, um, you know, where, when, when Cody and I I did our studies all those years ago, or it feels like all those years ago now for me at least. Um, and uh, but to get in the security consulting field, I think was a big um, um, a big appeal to me in terms of um, you know working on projects where you could um, you know uh, put your own stamp on it, uh, work with clients uh, to understand their problems um, and and their challenges, and to try and you know solve those those problems uh, with um, you know. Uh, designs that uh, uh, you know um, uh, had the ability to you know uh, work on different levels for for them and uh, you know obviously the protection of assets you know with the information people or properties of the the most important thing of all to to do um, if there's other ways to achieve an outcome that uh, you know functionally works well for them and operationally um, you know save them money then that's a plus um, and I guess you know it's always that thrill of chase um, that we all. Uh, go about you know, living our lives uh, and I guess for me that was always um, I, I still have that thrill of chase today thankfully in, in, a, in a role that I do and, and it's great to work with different clients and, and you know the technology that's available to us now has come so far from you know how we first started in the industry so I learned a lot of these things at university about how systems would work and everything was very analog based back then and um, you know at, at the time we went oh IT CCTV wow that sounds really cool it sounds really expensive and Surely that won't get legs, and uh, here we are today, where you know it's, the market is is just saturated with with IP, not only CCTV but a whole bunch of other systems as well. Yeah, and so George, obviously you you mentioned before the the path that Cody and Daniel have taken into the industry is is not the traditional path, but it's becoming more the traditional path. You and I are more familiar with the traditional path that we both sort of went through, where we started in either patrol or guarding or whatever it may be. For those people who uh, are looking at making a career in security that aren't necessarily migrating skills from a profession like law enforcement or military, um, who haven't necessarily come from a university background, but are more coming in through, you know, the 
the licensed route of being a guard or a crowd controller or whatever it may be, what sort of advice would you offer to those people who want to go the next step and who want to start building a career in security? I think people like uh, both Cody and Daniel are not only fortunate, but they're really, really, well, I suppose it's called fortunate because they were able to enter the security industry at a significantly higher level than traditionally. I remember back in the 80s when I was living in Victoria, I was guest lecturing the old Philip Institute of Technology uh, for people who are trying to attend security management on a diploma course, because that was all they ever had, or all we ever had in Australia. These days you can do a degree course because society and, 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 and security industry as a whole have progressed. So the more people who go into security at the higher level of functionality and technical knowledge, the better it is for the industry. Much, much better. The, the industry needs the skills, and these are the people with the right amount of training and education to bring it all up to the next level. Yeah. And uh, obviously, beyond just sort of going out and doing some training and doing some other bits and pieces, I know, Daniel, when you and I have spoken in the past, you've spoken a little bit about the technical side of the industry. And you had mentioned in a previous interview that we'd done that you had wished after you'd done your degree rather than just going straight out and jumping into a postgraduate role as a, a postgraduate consultant, that you'd spent some time on the tools, actually learning about the systems and understanding better uh, how everything went together. You know, for those people who are in the technical side of the industry that might be working on the tools at the moment, but want to sort of go to the next level, what advice would you offer them? I, th- I think it's, you know, a lot of, Everyone in our security industry, I think we've all got similar sort of roles in, in, in terms of it could be design, it could be advisory services um, and the like. And we all have clients that some of them could be internal, some of them could be external, whatever else. But uh, it's about leveraging, I guess, your your knowledge and also obviously surround yourself with people that um, who, you know, may be able to um, help you out through your weaknesses in, in your knowledge or your abilities um, and just to, you know, be able to, um, use um, those other people to your advantage um, to help uh, better understand how systems work, the philosophies of security, um, you know, about you know, the defence in depth and, you know, target hardening and all these septed, you know, all these other sort of um, um, philosophies and principles that that, uh, that we all use in our in our work every day. But um, it's about leveraging off that there, I think, and, and that's um, the, the main thing that I would think is uh, would be worthwhile for for people in those roles who, who want to go from that technical side to maybe into a consulting role um, is to, to surround yourself with people that, um, you know, uh, have that experience uh, and to, to learn from it, sponge it up, you know. So Cody, obviously you've managed to work your way from, uh, you know, a postgraduate consulting role, having just come out of university into a, a more senior consulting role now. What does that journey look like and what advice would you offer to those wanting to do, uh, move into a more senior consulting role? Thanks for the question, John. Um, as Dan mentioned, you know, the, the mentorship component is very important, um, but I would also uh, recommend, uh, you know, university tertiary study does, does definitely help, uh, particularly if you don't have that uh, background. Um, I think uh, in the consulting, but also on the enterprise side of the security industry, uh, having that broad breadth of uh, foundational knowledge in things like risk management, 
uh, defense in depth, et cetera, that, that Dan went through is very helpful because those are kind of the levers that we use to make decisions as security practitioners. Um, for me, what, what really, I guess, uh, allowed me to make quite a significant move from an entry-level consultant to a, to a principal consultant in, in a pretty short time uh, was doing a, a master's degree. Um, so I did my undergraduate and an honours, then I did my master's degree, and that really solidified my knowledge in the security industry um, and also gave me, I guess, that evidence to my peers that I, I could um, operate at that level and, and articulate you know, security problems very, uh, I guess, concisely. And I think that that communication piece is also really important. So I would say for for individuals that are looking to you know take the next step, um, definitely consider some form of a training and education um, that that allows you to really uh, distill the key security uh, fundamentals down into their component parts and talk about those. Um, because you know we think it's easy talking about things like target hardening or you know putting a lock on a door to protect this asset. Um, but people that aren't in the security game, you know, sometimes that's actually not knowledge that they have. Um, so being able to you know, talk about those things fluidly, I think really puts you in a different perception um, to your peers. Yeah. And George, you mentioned uh, that back in the 80s, you were working here in Victoria as part of your role, uh, teaching on a security management course. You know, there are going to be traditionally those people in this industry who move from being in a guarding role into, well, you know, hey, what my boss does doesn't look that hard. I reckon I could go out and start a security company and I could be my own boss and I could run this show myself um, who might be listening to Cody and Daniel and thinking, oh, I don't necessarily have the wherewithal, all the financial resources to do a bachelor's in security. But there's lots of introductory courses like you spoke about, aren't there? Like diplomas in security and diplomas in risk management and other things that they can do on their way towards building up credit to some of those more advanced degrees. Absolutely. If, if you have the desire, go for it. There's always help. There's always resources available. It actually needs more drive and desire in a person than skills. Sometimes, arguably, too much technical skills can inhibit your ability to be an entrepreneur and go for running a business or wanting to own a business. You need to give it a go. And security industry is a very wide industry. It covers many, many spectrums from technical to just manpower to all kinds of services. There's a future in it. It is an essential industry. If you're a young person looking for a career, don't think it is too hard or too intimidating. You'll be surprised. Yep. Now, just deciding that you're going to start a security company and going out and getting a firm's license is one thing, but actually being good at it is a different thing. So if someone wants to work their way through the ranks and build up some seniority within a security business and then maybe take that experience and morph it into their own business, what kind of advice would you offer people on that journey? As I said before, uh, John, running a business or being an entrepreneur is not the same as very good in technical skills. You might be a very good technical person. That doesn't mean you're a good business owner of a security company. It's like, like the building game. Sure, most builders come from a trades background, but if you're an excellent or outstanding carpenter, it doesn't make you a good home builder as a business. So. What you need is the knowledge and the broad experience and the drive and then learn business skills rather than just technical skills. 
that will make you a good manager and administrator of a business. Yeah. Daniel, you're sitting there sort of, you know, agreeing profusely, obviously in your role uh, with AECOM, you work across a wide variety of clients. Tell me a little bit about what you think makes a successful person, whether it be in technical security or consulting or physical security or even security management. Well, it's, I still think it comes, after all my years in the, in the industry, I still think it comes back to the simple philosophy of actually listening. <laughs> um, you know, it's one thing to be able to be uh, armed with you know, technical ability and knowledge and and understanding, but uh, you know, invariably in our role, we need to do a lot of listening and understanding of, of what our client, um, you know, what makes them tick. Um, you know, how they how they work their business, um, how they make money, how they're profitable. Uh, but then, you know, what the challenges are, and you know, it, it may not always be a security challenge. It could be a safety challenge. It could be an operational challenge. You know, where you know certain clients will have shrinkage issues, uh, particularly in retail and the like, and then you've got other, you know. Um, risks that are associated with, you know, commercial uh, client. And then when you get to something like uh, critical infrastructure, it's a whole different ballgame again. So, um, you know, you think, you know, a client went from one to the next, but until you stop and listen and really take in as to, you know, what what makes them tick uh, as individuals and, and what, you know, how their company is, is operated at that level, um, then, you know, you're really behind the eight ball uh, if, you, if you can't do that. So um, I still, you know, go back to that there. There's... Um, that philosophy of listening is really, really important um, and, and getting to know your client. Um, and, you know, if you can arm yourself with that, um, those skill sets, which, you know, everyone can do, uh, it's easier said than done, uh, but we can all listen. But if it's uh, if it's something that you really focus on as a priority, uh, I believe that, you know, it will make things uh, a lot clearer and, um, you, know, you know, you'll be able to enjoy your, your role a lot better as well and, um, and still be challenged. Uh, that's what we want to do. We still want to have a challenge, but, um, but yeah, that ability to, to really get down the nitty gritty of what makes your client, um, you know, what keeps them up at night and what's, what gets them out of bed in the morning. That's that's um, so useful, I think. And so, Cody, in, in closing, let me just sort of throw back to you. You've been in this game now for, for some time, obviously not as long as George or I or possibly even Daniel. But, you know, if you look back over the last decade or so of your career and you you look at where you've come from and where you are now, if you could offer the young Daniel some advice who's leaving high school, looking at starting security as a, a course of study. What would you say to that, Daniel? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think having been in that position, being, uh, you know, just starting out in the industry, whether still studying, um, you, know, I, you know, I did some TAFE courses early on and then I did university. And in, in that whole time, I think the most important thing for me was getting to know people in the industry attending you know professional functions where i could usually there's student discounts for those types of things it costs you 20 bucks so you have to skip coffee for a couple of days but the the networking skill uh, that you, you hone and and the people you meet really make or break your career i think um, you can really get a leg up as a young professional if you start uh, talking to your your future peers in the industry and understanding what they actually do for their job um, it comes back to to what, what uh, was saying it's about listening um, but in the early parts of your career, it's not necessarily about listening to consulting clients. It's about listening to people in the industry and what they're telling you. Um, you know, George has made some really good points today about you know, technical skills versus business acumen. Um, so as you're, you're starting out in the career and you're starting to formulate what you want to do, do you want to be a technical expert and a subject matter expert? Or do you want to be a bit more um, business focused? You know, having these types of conversations with people can really help you um, understand what 
what to focus on early on, uh, what good opportunities might come up, uh, and that's probably the best way, I would say, to get started. Yeah, and uh, and Daniel, I thought the point that you made in a previous discussion was interesting about wanting to spend some more time on the tools. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, if you had the same opportunity, if you were able to go back and offer the younger version of you as a, a beginning consultant a bit of advice, what would that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, as I've, you know, progressed throughout my career, um, you know, doing a design on paper is, is one thing, but when you actually see it come to life in front of you is on, on a construction site that, um, you know, where there's, uh, you know, it could be an existing site. So, you know, there's downtime to consider, there's operations and, and other ways uh, that uh, things can potentially go wrong on the site. And, you know, you try and mitigate against that with your design that you, that you do. But um, it's until you see it probably in the flesh to understand the intricacies of, um, you know, um, of fitting off, um, you know, devices uh, for, you know, electronic security out in the field to, you know, watching it being terminated back at the panel at the other end of the building or something, you know, it's, it's only when you see it in the flesh that you get a better appreciation, I think, for, um, you know, for the levels of difficulty that, you know, certain contractors have and challenges they have and, you know, where more buildings, uh, you know, are fighting for real estate and, you know, <laughs> The last thing they want to do is, is you know, give up more space for our, our, our communications rooms and plant rooms. You know, we're forever getting squeezed out uh, to, for our equipment to fit into a compliant um, manner, you know. So, um, you know, um, activity-based working is a, is a massive thing now, obviously, with commercial offices, for example. So they're trying to maximise um, that space a lot more uh, where they can cut back on, on things such as services, um, cupboards or rooms or whatever else, they'll, they'll do that. Um, uh, we're finding more and more. So again, you get to see in the flesh, you know, yeah, what what may be a challenge on a bit of paper when you're designing it is it's a whole different kettle of fish when you see it out, out in the field. Um, and, you know, it's the best way to learn, I think, is to see things out in the real world. Um, you know, step away from your laptop and, and go to site, um, you know, pick up the phone and talk to your client or your contractor or, or whoever else. Um, but the, the next best thing is to go there and, you know, it's obviously different during these uh, COVID periods, but, you know, to be able to go to see something in the flesh is, you know, it's invaluable again, I think. So um, that, that would be my advice is to, is to you know, again, um, look back at, um, you know, your career, um, thinking about things that, you know, you could have done a little bit differently, but for people that are coming up through the ranks, uh, by all means, you know, surround yourself with the right people, um, get, get the right sort of training that appeals to you, be challenged and, and you know, Get, get out from behind the laptop or PC or in front of the TV and go out there and, and you know, experience the world and, and see things um, yeah, for what they are. And George, I'll, I'll come around to you as the, uh, the last person in the part of this, because I think that this question for you of, uh, you know, going back to young George starting as a, a, a patrol officer and then working your way through the ranks could in itself potentially be an entire podcast on its own. But uh, if you could try and sort of look back over the course of your career and, distill it into the the most potent nuggets of wisdom what advice would you give to those people coming up through the industry you know if it was young george what would you say to that person about building a career in security i should never be afraid of going for it uh, some of the things you just have to take the initiative and do it when i started with wormall security in 1978 or mss security same year I noticed that the, the, the weapons training was very slack. Anybody could be just shown how to use a gun and, and everybody was armed. And yes, there were a lot of people being shot simply because they don't know basic safety. 
And having been an army officer, I volunteered to do firearms training, mainly focusing on safety. And that sorted out that issue. And then we have people who drop out because they just can't get to work. I volunteered from a mobile patrol officer working at night, coming early to help the office clerks sort out the losses and call in people who did not come into work to try and persuade them to come into work. So that's how I picked up about administration. Don't forget at that time, I was a former Malaysian Army officer, newly migrated to Australia, joined the security industry as a mobile patrol officer, and volunteering my, my own time. No one asked me, uh, I didn't ask for pay, no one paid me to help the roster clerks sort out rosters for the night, because, simply because I was tired of working overtime. So that puts me into an administration area. And because I volunteered to train people on safety and weapons, I was the next job I was promoted was the training officer. And, and, and that's how it went on. So what I'm saying is, if you are wanting to build a career in the security industry, and if you have start somewhere, doesn't matter whether it's bottom or midway, if there's other things that you could do that is not strictly in your area of expertise, but sorry, not in your given job description, but you can help the organization or help someone else, just do it. Don't worry about it. And you will be noticed that you are able to do something other than what you're tasked to do. And that's how you get promotions within corporations, just by doing it. So I would advise that that is the case. If you are fortunate enough to have tertiary education, that's a really good start. Because to run a security business or an enterprise, you really, like, like most industries, you really need to know what you're talking about. You need to educate yourself, you need to have some training, you need some experience, not necessarily 10 years, but some, because otherwise you cannot run a business that you know nothing about. That's not credible. So that, my, my advice is just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think all of you have sort of given similar advice over the course of the podcast, which is surround yourself with people who can help you get where you want to go be prepared to give pretty much anything a go if it's going to advance your career. Um, do the things that will need to be done in order to be seen by the people that matter. And most importantly, don't be scared. Get out there and try it. What's the worst that can happen? So, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Perfect. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If anyone wants to know more about building a career in the security industry, there are lots of assets on the ASIAL website that you can go to, www.asial.com.au. Uh, there are articles in the Insider magazine that ASIAL put out that have been dedicated to this over the course of the years. And uh, also, don't forget, we've got International Security Officers Day coming up on the 24th of the 7th, which is uh, something that George has been instrumental in developing over the years, along with some other people like Jason Brown and now Aziel and uh, some great people in a multitude of companies across the industry. So thank you all very much. Get out there, make yourselves very successful and have a great career in security. Mm -hmm.